This is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Now, here's your host, Brandon Worth. It's the final episode of the West Michigan Sports Show presented by the United States Air Force. Brandon, we're joining you here live on News Radio WBRN. Before I get too far, it's the final show of 2023. Hold your horses, keep your gas. It's not the end of the program. You guys have done such a great job. We are continuing moving it forward, but it is the final episode of 2023. It's been a great ride this year. I've had some great, great interviews, some great shows, some great support all across the board from you guys, the fans. So I can't thank you enough for making this year special, especially with everything we've been able to advance with this show, getting it live on the airways for you guys maybe listening right now here on Saturday or for those that are listening post-production, uh, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on WBRN.com, you can tune to all episodes you might have missed all year long. You can go on to WBRN.com, the podcast tab, third link down, West Michigan Sports Show. Every episode we've recorded this year, I believe, should be on there. And if it's not, let me know and I'll make sure it's on there because I'm pretty sure I double checked today and we have all of them on there. Um, if I may have missed one, I apologize. I'll get that up ASAP, but I think we got all of them, at least for sure all of them since we officially went on the airwaves and we went to the live production and post-production format. Uh, but it's great to have you guys here. It's great to have all of our support from you guys, the fans, and as well, all of our great supporters of this show, all of our sponsors, which include obviously the United States Air Force as the primary sponsor for this program and have been all year long, and also our other great sports supporters, which include the Macosta Osceola Transit Authority, the Macosta Osceola Career Center, Paris Auto Sales and Service of Big Rapids, Alter Care Big Rapids, Quality Car and Truck Repair, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, and Johnson's Automotive. Thank you all for your support of the West Michigan Sports Show. Well, for the final episode here of this calendar year, obviously last week we went into all of the local sports scoreboards and made sure we had all the records and tallies and standings all up to date. Now, there's a couple holiday contests that will be in effect as of now or over the last couple of days. You might have heard the results, and we'll obviously get to recap that, um, but we'll do that next week so that every team can get compiled and that we're able to get them all at the same time, go over the holiday break together in our first episode of 2024, which you can tune in for next Saturday. Um, so we'll recap all of that. For this show, we're going back to a little bit of the talk traditional format, and I want to finish out the year on a big note. I want to go big, and we're going to dive into five of the most argumentative debate topics in the high school sports level. Yeah, we're getting into the thick of it here, as many of you have enjoyed our traditional talk show formats and the top five as well. So we kind of decided, you know what, let's take the top five segments. Let's take the traditional debate talk show type of format, and let's mush them together into a nice apple pie. What do you guys say? I think it sounds fun. We're going to dive into it. Five questions I got for you. Five of the toughest that I could find, and I'm going to dissect them in three different perspectives. As an athlete, formerly high school and now collegiate level, as an operations media member within sports, working in sports, once again, with high school and the collegiate level, and as a fan, because of course, if 
I wasn't a fan, why would I be working in sports? Sports are awesome. Athletes are awesome. Games are awesome. Why wouldn't you want to go and check out local sports, right? Absolutely. It's a no-brainer. So I'm going to dissect that from all three categories. You might be thinking maybe, am I trying to be more towards the college realm? No, I'm going to keep it in high school as much as I can. The five questions that I found are more specific to the high school realm. So let's not waste any more time. Let's get right into it. We'll get to two here before the break, and then we'll get the final three uh, to finish out this program. The first one, should high schools require students to play sports? This is a tough one because there's obviously been a big participation decline since uh, that pandemic thing called COVID happened only a couple years ago. And so this kind of debate question has started to be brought up again as an answer to maybe bring up the numbers. And my answer to this question, should they be required for students? I will say no. And there's a reason why. Sports were really introduced as an extracurricular activity, right? It's kind of the same as chess. It's kind of the same as book club, but instead it's a basketball team or whatever sport it may be, right? It's an extracurricular activity at the end of the day. Now, many people know, myself included, that it feels and more times than not acts as more of an more than an extracurricular activity. It's not just any other club, right? Clubs have the opportunity to compete. Teams in sports have the opportunity to, to compete. So in that mind, at the end of the day, it is an extracurricular activity. I want I don't want to necessarily blow it up to the point where I want to say that it's not and that it's in its own separate realm because it does feel like that in the sense of it. But we need to understand why participation is an issue because I think this question is being solely brought up because of the participation issue. Now, the idea behind sport, right? At the beginning of the day, when it was first created by all these great game inventors and competitive minds, is so people can have fun, they can improve in whatever sport they are doing, and they those things are something that all, a lot of these athletes, a lot of these fans adapt as being fun, right? There needs to be an emphasis on fun, right? The benefits of sports are awesome. There's a lot of great things that can come about being in sports, right? You learn so many new life lessons. You get to meet so many people, right? Many people go to do sports because their friends are doing it or they want to hang out with their friends or they want to inter- they want to have a group of people to interact with during their early school years, right? Middle school, high school, elementary school. You play sports and you play sports with your friends or you play sports to find friends to have later on, right? Now, the relationships you make in sports are, are unbreakable a lot of times. The best people that you end up finding in your life, you've played with sports or a lot of those relationships are created from the game or the competition itself. So the, those things should be emphasized more. And that, sh- that shouldn't be something that's forced, right? We shouldn't force somebody that doesn't want to do something in the sense of somebody wants to meet friends. That doesn't mean that they should be forced to go play tennis or they should be forced to bowl for the high school team. That shouldn't be something that's forced, right? We shouldn't require that in a sense, right? I mean, that's the number one thing that feels like a lot of these schools are trying to do when they bring up this question that they should be required. It feels like that we're taking the fun and we're taking the enjoyment of out of why we do sports in the first place, right? Aspen Institute report did a whole statistical data analysis on a survey. And you know what the number one reason high school score or students play sports is? To have fun. Why are we forcing fun? I think that's the only way you should do it. Should it be encouraged? Yeah. 
Should it be important? Absolutely, it should be emphasized as important. Should we force it so that where every student has to do a sport? I don't think so. We already do gym and physical education as a class, so why are we making them do more than that if a lot of them don't want to, right? That's my opinion at the end of the day. I'm going to say no to that question. Second question, should there be stricter rules for fan behavior at sporting events? I've spent a lot of time on this topic, and actually a couple episodes ago, if you go back in your feed on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or WBRN.com, you can find my whole talk show format episode. I believe I spent an entire segment on, if not one and a half segments on it, uh, why we have fan behavior problems in sports. Um, Should there be stricter rules? Yes, but let's not get crazy, right? We shouldn't be limiting fans to cheering at certain times during the game, right? That makes it feel like it's acquired acquired performance. Yes, I know it's entertainment. You can make the comparison at the end of the day, but sports are great because It brings out pure emotion within players, fans, coaches, and so on and so forth, right? There needs to be things that need to be more implemented within how the game is run, right? Do we need to make different kind of rules for how the game progresses? Eh, Maybe, I don't know if we should go that far and say we need to change the rules so that it's better for the fans because at the end of the day, it's for the players, right? The fans are watching what the players are doing and the players are the priority in the sense of how sport is played. For the fans... I think there needs to be a little bit of a more emphatic understanding on what their role is, right? Now, I understand that emotions are a huge, huge aspect of the game, the competition, the meet, whatever it may be. In sport, fans are there to cheer on their team and to view an experience for the enjoyment of the entertainment that it brings, right? That's why you pay a ticket, right? Obviously, every fan at the end of the day, if they don't think the game is worth it, there's other options for them to do on a Tuesday or Friday, a Saturday, whatever day it may be, to decide if they want to pay a ticket or not. Now, there there needs to be an understanding that the fans are there for the enjoyment to watch the game. And obviously, many people think that um, they might be in the position where it might feel like you might be back home with a TV screen in front of you and that it might give you the right to maybe yell as you would at a TV screen when you're actually in an arena or you're at a competition at a field at um, so whatever competitive arena it is. But I think the reality is fans need to understand their role a little bit better, that they're fans, that we can't have these conflicts taking away from the entertainment value, right? Think about it as a movie theater. If you're watching a game in comparison to watching a movie, are you going to stand up and yell it during the movie theater? No, you wouldn't do that. Why is it different from a sports event? Because there's more emotion involved, right? It's natural. All I'm saying, I'm not saying we should treat it like a movie theater and everybody should be quiet, but I'm just saying we need to be a little bit better of an understanding of where an, a fan's role is than the contest, right? Universal policies on how fans should be uh, acted uh, or fans should be acting, what the consequences are for not acting that way. I think there needs to be universal understanding across the high school. I think the problem is we kind of let that go and make let the the high schools kind of choose upon it, which I think there's some things we shouldn't, some things that we don't. Um, But I think a universal understanding of what a fan uh, should be doing and what they shouldn't be doing should be understood. And I think that's something that really needs to be addressed 
um, at the end of the day. I really like what um, Jim Steeg, he was the former director of the Pac-12 championship game. He was a vice president. Um, he was the COO of the Chargers. He, he mentions that there should be universal policies across the board when it comes to sports. And I think that's something that we should definitely look at. Two questions down, three to go. Don't go anywhere. News Radio, WBRN. All right, we're back. Three questions to go to round out 2023. Let's get back into it. Number three, should athletes be required to take a break or rest from competition after a certain number of games played? This seems like a yes, right? This seems like something that is understood. Yeah, these athletes need a break. I'm going to say no. And here's why. As one that has been injured at the high school level and at the collegiate level had forced missed time from my sport, from action due to an injury, or there could be a lot of other circumstances in the sense of a lot of these athletes, right? We have so many athletes across the entire nation at the high school level, Michigan and beyond that will play four years of high school and they will compete and then they'll be done, right? Only 5% of high school athletes make it to college, right? One out of 20, we're talking maybe. It's probably less than that. That might be an old statistic. But the reality is, if an athlete only has four years to play high school, which is, for a lot of people, the peak of competition, why are we limiting them from having an ability to compete? Why would we do that? I understand the health benefits of rest. And obviously... There will be games, right? There will be games, and coaches and players are aware of this, right? They will know when a break is needed, right? If you are playing a team, and in the sense of you're in the second half of competition, let's say it's a basketball or a football game or a softball game, and just for example, and you are in a commanding lead to where you can very well know, and all of us probably know to at least an extent that the game outcome will likely not be changed. The number one thing coaches do is they put in players to rest their starting players, their higher playing time competitors, and they will put in reserves, substitutes, players that don't necessarily get to compete as much and let them have their shot, right? That is a full understanding across how sports are conducted by coaches and players. They know this, right? Every player on a team has a role and they know when their role is needed, right? Every team, every good team knows when and what they need to do, right? When they need to do it, what they need to do, how they need to do it, right? So in the sense of that, coaches and athletes are understanding of that. A good coach and a good athlete will know if a break is needed. That's the truth. That's the bottom line. They will know when it is time, it will be mutual between both parties, right? Good coach and a good athlete will know. Let's not take away, let's not create a narrative to perceive what is fair to all teams based on something that can be controlled internally. Why should we use an external solution for an internal potential issue of burnout, right? Conditioning also is a key element for how teams win. Sometimes you won't have the talent to beat some teams. How do you always do it? You hustle. You are a better conditioned team. You are a more physical team, right? Those things matter. And those things are key contributors to the offseason, right? More times than not, the teams that condition, that practice the most, 
And it's not necessarily saying they do it behind closed doors and violate MHSA rules. It's the ones of the individuals of those teams that practice their craft outside of when they're asked to. They condition more. They work on more fundamental technique, all those sort of things. They use that as a strategy to become a better player, a better competitor for their team, for themselves, for their team, for their coaches, for their fans, right? So this kind of feels like a cop out a little bit of having the ability to make a little bit of an excuse. And I don't like that, right? But the bottom line is, let's not limit the athlete's opportunity. Let's let this be an internal handling of this issue. And let's not form an external thing that might put a better team at a disadvantage at the end of the day for what they are doing. Number four, question of the day for this episode. Should there be stricter rules for athlete conduct off the field? My answer, once again, is no. But as one that was an athlete myself, still as an athlete at this moment of time as this episode is recorded here in 2023, I understand what my role is in the community, right? I'm an athlete. I'm looked up to by a lot of people in the area, a lot of people from my hometown, a lot of people from my family, a lot of people from my friends. I know what my role is as an athlete, what that means to a community, to a town, to a team, right? To a coach. I know what that means, right? I'm representing something. Now, when you're representing something, you have to be aware of who you are image-wise, character-wise, no matter what. It's the same thing as somebody in an organization for your employer, right? You're representing who they are. And that's what you agree to when you sign a contract to work for that company or work for that organization or be a part of that group. You are understanding your contractual agreement to be able to be that person that you are accountable, that you're responsible, and you understand what your role is, what your image-bearing role is as that person working for that company, right? That's the bottom line. Does everybody have different morals? Sure. Do players know they have more eyes on them? Yes. That's the fact. Athletes know they have a higher pedestal of what they're put on in their image for when they compete for a town, for a team, for a coach, for a community. And they're educated about it, right? There needs to be an emphasis on education. I think that's an absolute fact. We need to educate more people on what that means, right? Let's not limit what people want to say because they're, and because the fact of the matter is, we need to put pressure on the decisions, not the pressure on what is being said, right? That's the bottom line, right? If you're trying to get to a root of a problem, why are you going to cut a branch off a tree? Let's get to the roots and let's figure out what's wrong with this tree. Yeah? I think that's what it has to be at the end of the day, right? Rules need to be clear on what should be said, what shouldn't be said. I think that's 100% accurate, right? But take it as a skiing example, right? Pretty pertinent to where we are right now with green grass outside, but it makes sense in my mind. Hopefully it does to you. If there's a run that is supposed to be closed off, right? Because it's too dangerous, there's not enough snow, whatever, whatnot. I'll be the first to tell you that it is tempting to go on a run that nobody else has, right? On an entire ski resort. You're telling me nobody's been down there? I really want to do it, right? Now, if you're going to get a slap on the back, you're going to do it anyway, right? It's worth it in the moment of time. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Like, let's go. Let's be the first ones to do it. Let's make some noise. Let's go do it. Now, you have the threat of getting your pass taken away, not being able to ski or snowboard there the rest of the year. 
now you're saying, oh, there's yeah, this is if I do this, I, I, I can't go. I can't take my friends with me now to the resort. So the bottom line is the pressure of the decision is increased. And that's where you see more of where the problem may come from when it comes to athlete conduct issues off the competitive surface, right? I think that's the best way to kind of describe it. So no, we don't need stricter rules. We need more pressure on the decisions being made. If that might necessarily mean maybe stricter consequences, okay. But that also means we need education along with it, right? It's a two-way street. If we're going to enforce more, we got to educate more on what that means, right? I think that's a better way to look at it at the end of the day. Last question, number five, to wrap up 2023. Thanks to all listening to the West Michigan Sports Show. Are sporting events too commercialized these days at the high school level? This is a good one. I work in operations, media relations, communications at the collegiate and the high school levels. To the untrained eye, it absolutely does look like we have been more commercialized. And I can understand why people may think that. But all I'm going to ask you is remember why we're doing this. When I say we, I mean the operations, the media, relations, the communications people of the university or the school. Making more money for students and student athletes is important, right? That's support from the community, from local businesses. Being able to help make the experience better for the athletes, for the coaches, for the fans, for the community altogether, right? Because obviously money buys fun things, right? You don't get a t-shirt gun without getting some donations, right? You, you can't do that kind of stuff, right? Now, I understand it feels like it's more commercialized. Like we're trying to make the high school game more like the professional game. And yes, I totally understand. And I agree we should not do that because professional is the ultimate level of entertainment and high school is not all about entertainment, right? The fact is, there needs to be a line where there's too much, but all I'm going to say is, understand that some of these schools, this is their way to help make that happen, right? You might not necessarily get day-to-day donations for your school, making more money from, you know, just having a team, just competing. Like, you have to have a good environment And they want to be a part of that, these businesses, these donors, right? They want to have a part of that, make them feel their impact from what they are giving to you, right? Absolutely true. If it means more in-game PA reads, sure, that's what they need to do. If it means shirt patches on practice jerseys, fine, that's what you need to do, right? But for some people, that entertainment, that event, that venue, that night, that day, that time, that is when they have the best opportunity to gain that support, gain those resources from those commercialized ideas and methods, right? Whether it's a PA read, whether it's a giveaway of t-shirts, you know, every, every high school, would love a free t-shirt. I'm an, I'm near an adult and I want a free t-shirt. So remember this when we think about commercialization of high school sporting events, it doesn't need to be a whole pro arena venue. If you want to treat it like that way, if that's something that you can help with students, whether it's with operations people, if you want to make it the best experience and go for that, go for it. But just understand from the fans perspective, They're not trying to pay for a full entertainment value. They're just coming to watch their friends, their family, their kids, their grandkids compete in whatever event it may be. So just make sure that that is the substance that we're focusing on at the end of the day, not necessarily everything around it. That's what I have to say. 
my five final questions from 2023. Hope you guys enjoyed that. We'll see you in the new year, I guess, here in 2024. Big thanks to all of you for making this show possible. We'll see you on the Flippity Flip next Saturday. But until then, Brandon Wirtz signing off on the West Michigan Sports Show. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year.